0: So, I'm talking with Anthea Lawson. Uh, Anthea Lawson is is an associate of Perspectiva, a collective of thought leaders and writers attempting to improve the relationship between systems, souls, and society. Anthea has been a journalist and an activist. She was a reporter at the Times before working for campaign campaign organizations such as Global Witness and Amnesty International. Um, She's published um, investigations and launch successful campaigns. In recent years, she's been questioning why and how it is that activism often ends up replicating the problems it's trying to change. And she has also been thinking about why inner development and awareness is important is an important ingredient in the way activism is approached. Her research on this subject has led to her writing the book soon to be published by Perspectiva called the Entangled Activist Learning to Recognize the Master's Tools. So welcome to Third Space, Anthea.
1: Thank
0: you very much. Terrific, this is great. I'm very happy to be talking with you. Um, Thank you for doing this. So perhaps you could start uh, by telling us um, just in your own life, how you came to be uh, concerned about um, some of the underlying issues that in how activism is approached um, and how that sort of how that inquiry emerged and developed in your your own life.
2: Okay thank you and thanks for the opportunity to come and talk with you about this Um, so they weren't together in my life those two things inner development and the the campaigning that we try to do to change the outer world for a long time they were running on perhaps parallel but certainly what felt like entirely separate tracks um so i yeah as you said i worked at the, as a newspaper journalist um as a news reporter and moved from doing that into campaigning um i, I wanted to align my work a bit more with my values um, and realized there were limitations to the sort of world changing that i wanted to do through being a reporter because of how news values worked. I mean, I think you can do it through being a reporter, but I I wanted to try something else. I didn't want to write about people who were doing things. I found myself, whenever I interviewed them, wanting to be doing it. Um, And so I took my journalism skills, so investigating and reporting and writing and communicating and knowing how the media works, to human rights and environmental organisations to work as a campaigner. Um, And I worked for five years on campaigns to control various aspects of the arms trade so i worked on the campaign with amnesty and oxfam for an arms trade treaty um, which was achieved a few years later um, and i worked for a coalition of uh, gun control organizations looking to control the second hand trade in weapons um, which is a very big part of the problem and then i worked for a long time uh, at an ngo called global witness which looks at the um the links between natural resource extraction and conflict and corruption and environmental devastation. Um, and I was I was doing journalism plus really, so we were doing investigations. Um, so I was I was working on the role of banks and the financial sector um, in facilitating corruption and effectively creating poverty. Um, we were uh-huh. trying to make the case that state looting cannot happen on the scale that it does. Um, and, and, the kind, and the kind of tax evasion which eviscerates entire economies and the public sphere cannot happen on the scale that it does um, without the facilitating help of the financial sector of people wearing suits who look terribly respectable and have high flying careers, um, but are making pretty bad things possible. Mm. So I was publishing investigative reports and I was doing campaigning on the back of it. I was going and lobbying um arguing for new laws arguing for better enforcement of existing laws and some of it didn't work and some of it did Mm. um i worked on a campaign that i sort of worked with other people to launch it calling for transparency over the names of the the real people behind companies when they incorporate because when you set up a company if you want to do anything Mm. um dodgy in any way the first thing you do is set up a company because you can hide your ownership of it by saying oh it's owned by a trust and yes that's set up in the cayman islands and or or even you don't even have to go that far there are ways of doing it using british companies um Mm. britain is a tax haven too and and you can hide your ownership so we managed to get laws changed and change the norm on that it's no there are huge problems with implementation but that norm has changed as a result of a lot of work by many Mm. people um and there's New laws in dozens of countries. So that looked sort of successful. Um, but I was starting to have sort of qualms that were running in parallel, really, about things I was noticing. Um, about the way that people working for human rights and in human rights organisations might be treating each other very badly, about the ways in which we were unthinkingly using some of the assumptions of the economic system that we so wanted to change in our own work. So, for example, the assumption behind um, mainstream economics is, is, you know, the idea of homo economicus, this person who will act rationally to sort of weigh up the you know, pros and cons of doing things and the costs mm-hmm. um, and do the most sort of economically sensible option. And, and we know actually that that's, that's not what happens. And also that if we do pursue that kind of route, then we cut out everything else that matters. Um, but here were we putting... I would go in and put my carefully researched facts um, in front of policymakers and expect them to respond rationally to them. Um, and I became very interested in why we might be doing that, and I didn't really understand why we were doing that. Um, so I was starting to collect this list of things that we seem to be doing that seem to be mirroring some of the, the deeper problems that underpinned the systems that we wanted to change. Right. Um, and I was also having questions, and this was more about just whether the specific work that I was doing was where I most wanted to put my energy, because there are lots of different things that need doing. There's there's an ecology of, a movement ecology, it's a useful word, of where we can each intervene to help. But I was finding that the particular intervention that I'd been doing for a long time, I was becoming frustrated with, because we were in effect arguing for changes to a system, that system being extractive capitalism, to make it play a bit more nicely, to Mm. be a bit less devastating in its effects. But it was becoming clear to me, this was about 10 years ago, that, um, and it's much more clear now to a lot more people, thanks to activism done by lots of people, that, that a system based on endless extraction and endless economic growth is going to land us without a livable biosphere in this lovely planet that we call home. Um, and it no longer felt okay to be doing that so for that reason I wanted to step back from what I was doing and and so I I found an opportunity to to start to look into these questions of why is it that I feel there's something something missing so firstly it was a sense as I've said that we were uh, we were replicating aspects of the system and there was this other sense that I felt and i i I felt it most specifically when I was climbing mountains at the weekend to, uh, to sort of recover from my sort of exertions during the week at work, that I felt something was missing. It, it, I almost felt desiccated. It, it felt like a physical and emotional sensation that I was using only part of my capacity as a human to try and bring about the changes that I wanted. And, and uh, I was becoming very curious did, as to what was missing.
0: Did you, did you feel uh, at that stage quite alone in that? I mean, were there other people that you were that felt the same way that you were able to talk to? Or did you was this very much a kind of your own internal process at that stage?
2: I was running it internally for several years, probably while doing this work. And then I was finding people who could name it in certain ways, at least the desiccation aspect of it, the the, mm-hmm. the not feeling I was bringing all of myself. And I was finding People to name it in spheres that were outside of the work. I was finding it in sort of nature connection okay. kind of environments. Um, and I was finding it when I was doing work with wilderness guides. Um, and, you know, I was sort of going off and sleeping on the top of mountains um, in, wow. in my spare time because that's what wow. I was feeling called to do before I even realized that, you know, there are people that, that guide that work. Mm. Um, you know drawing on cultures that never lost that connection Mm. um and and after a while I started having conversations with some people who were doing the same campaigning work as me and yes there were there were people saying it but it was it didn't feel possible to have the conversations in the organizations we were working in right that that felt it, it was too far from the practicalities.
0: Mm. So what happened then?
2: So when I started looking um, at these questions, I, my first thought was, well, I want to know if other people are feeling the same as me. I wanted to get more of a sense of whether this was, yeah, to, to what extent these feelings were shared, that there was something missing and that we were replicating what we were trying to change. Um, so I, I did a bit of initial research and spoke to a few dozen activists Um, and guess what yes (laughs) it was shared Um, quite a lot of people most people were saying oh my goodness yes I really want to talk about this Mm -hmm. now I wasn't doing I I was sort of selecting carefully it was quite sort of purposive um, sampling of who I wanted to talk to right Um, so I can't claim that I you know, did a survey of X number of people who called themselves a campaigner in whatever type of you know, organization or movement and X percent of them said this, but I was able to find with no difficulty at all, just by taking recommendations and looking around, mm. people who, who had similar stories um, or who, had, who were coming at it from a very different perspective, but had the same conclusion. Mm-hmm. And, and what I then started to see was the extent to which where I was coming from had shaped how I'd come to this. And by that, I mean my own privilege. I'm white and I'm middle class. And I was working with a university degree in a professionalised NGO environment. Um, and so when it when it sort of started to dawn on me that. Um, oh, right there are problems of the way that the system will manifest itself in how we're trying to do things. Mm. That felt a bit like news. Well, yeah, because I'd been protected from having to think about that. And it was very striking that when I spoke to people who had been fighting for their lives in various respects, um, whether it was for their own identity, um, or the conditions of their life, um, or both, um, they were saying things like well yeah i mean you're not wrong Mm. of course we need to talk about how our inner lives are implicated in what we're doing um of course we need to talk about how the system is perpetuated through the way we need through the ways we try and change it but that's not new um we know this (laughs) (laughs) we can see it already yes Um, so there was a there was a moment of not more than a moment there was some humility in realizing The extent to which I'd been campaigning for a long time without having been able to see that.
1: Mm, mm,
0: mm. Yes, I mean I know you, uh, so I know you've come up with this concept of the entangle that to this Um, and I think you're just touching on some of the um, issues to do with what that might mean Um, and I think you've also, it would be great if you could speak a little bit to that and I know that you've said that that there are, in a way, different levels to this um, entanglement that we can um, start to sort of look into, and that are ver- that, that are all significant. Um, so perhaps you could just speak a little bit about that. Uh, that I think that will be that would be great. How did you how did you come to this understanding of the entanglement that we're all involved in, in, in uh, or tend to be involved in as activists? And what are the what are the different um, you know, uh let's say things that are harder to perceive about that entanglement, perhaps
2: yeah, okay, so I suppose I should say first of all, I can't really claim to have come up with it that that yeah you know, which is not to sort of like take issue with your choice of words, but I think there's i i I feel like it's quite important to yeah to recognize that there aren't really any new ideas out there. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous to make sort of claims about, about coming up with things because the, the concept of entanglement was arising in the conversations I was having.
1: Mm.
2: And some people were using that word explicitly
1: mm. and
2: some weren't, but were talking about it. And so I found this before when sort of playing with ideas and concepts and thinking about how to communicate something that is felt that a, an image just starts to sort of just starts to sort of arise um, so I was in conversation with um, a Nigerian philosopher and thinker called Bayo lafe whose writing I really recommend and he was talking about how we are entangled with everything else that is that was definitely part of um, that was definitely part of the word coming into my sort of consciousness. Mm. Um but I suppose over the over the course of a number of conversations and all of the reading I was doing, it just you know there wasn't like a moment of oh yeah that's it we're entangled but it just started to sort of be there. I understand Um, yes. I really I really sort of felt it and so to say that we are entangled in what it is that we're trying to change. So we're entangled activists it's funny because it's um it sounds rather obvious in some ways. Um, it could sound very sort of straightforward. Well, of, well, of course we are, but it's actually, I think, quite. Um, it can be counterintuitive and also sort of countercultural in in sort of activist and campaigner culture because one of the things that happens when we work with others to change the world is we find these communities with which to do it, and you have right. to do that because otherwise it's just you and you, you know. You're criticising what's going on and you feel, um, you know, you, it's hard to have the courage of your convictions if you haven't been raised in a household that is um, looking at the world in that way, looking at the world and systems of power critically. Um, so you need other people around you and you need other people around you to do the work. You need other people around you to organise. And the flip side of that is you create these communities that feel different to those people over there. I'm sort of gesticulating away from me now. Mm-hmm. Um, where the problem is. And mm-hmm. so the, the, the very feeling of it, of, of doing campaigning, is that we feel um, the problem is over there. The problem is there's people over there, it's that power structure over there that's affecting us or that we feel repulsed by and we feel our sense of sort of injustice arising and we want to try and help and do something about it. Right. Um, and, and so it's very easy to forget that we are, in fact, entangled. So one of the ways that the entanglement works... Um, is that it, and, and sorry and, and then one of the other ways that the entanglement works is that we um, we're in a culture premised upon individualism um, of assuming that sort of this is us and that and I'm gesticulating away from me again is everything else this is and everyone and everyone else and and the dominant culture is not is not really structured and equipped to think about the interdependence that exists. Between us, and for the last 40 years, we've been in a a political and economic culture, namely neoliberalism, which has reinforced Mm -hmm. that and started to make it manifest much more seriously in the way that society is structured by removing the Mm -hmm. the um, the safety nets um, and and the ties of community that before that held people together more. Um, And so we can very automatically have an assumption. That, that we're not entangled. And that's why, that's why I think it matters to point it out. Um, and I think it matters for a number of reasons. Um, one of which is so that um, people who, and I think many people are in different ways, people are entangled in, in their position in relation to power. And that's what I was talking about, realizing the extent of my own privilege.
0: Right. Um,
2: and that, effect, you know, that affects the assumptions that you can make. It affects, it affects your blind spots. It affects what, what you don't understand um, about the people that you think you're trying to help. Um, and so that's an entanglement which needs to be taken account of and isn't. Right. Very often isn't. Um, particularly in professional organisations that are set up to help. Um, and there are some big problems and a lot of discussion taking place in professional campaigning organisations at the moment. There are people talking about saviour culture. There are people talking about the bullying and discrimination that's going on. Yeah. Um, a lot of which... Um, is arising from this position in which those who are trying to help are not acknowledging the extent to which they are entangled in the power structures mm-hmm. I'm saying they it's it's we I've been part of that as well mm-hmm. um that we're part of so that's that's one aspect of entanglement um and I and I say that <laughs> that's one thing it sounds like I'm putting it in a box that's enormous there's a whole discussion there um another one um though is just just to kind of outline some of them is the um way that we take on some of the methods um of thinking um of thinking about for example cause and effect and right well we're just going to go in here we're going to like pile in (laughs) here's the problem we're going to fix it by putting in um this particular you know intervention here um and not take account of all of the very very complex things that are taking place um in an environment where linear cause and effect is you know not really relevant but Mm -hmm. the but the kind of cultural assumptions that we've got often lead us to think that way Um, and then another one is in the um constant uh the best way of talking about this the sort of constant activity this is the burnout question uh, which is a real problem in campaigning the constant activity of a of a culture which um, values doing over being Mm -hmm. um, which is what we're in um, and which is constantly extracting from the earth from each other from ourselves that's capitalism and we take on these working methods um burnout is absolutely endemic in all forms of activism I'm you know there's I'm not even slightly new in talking about this although I certainly experienced it um and to me that's another sort of manifestation and so there are there are multiple ways of thinking about entanglement in, in in none of them really um is it new to be saying hey look this is a problem there are people talking about all of these. What I found interesting um, about entanglement as a frame is it's a way of bringing them together um, because I think there are some things that they have in common and I think there are some things that they have in common in, in what we can do about them beginning with mm. acknowledging the entanglement which can potentially allow us to then start our intervention in a different place and with a different disposition towards it Mm-hmm. towards our task
0: with some of the kind let's say the way you were describing how what it means to be an activist in other words you're you're very driven in a certain way very focused and driven on on uh, and you know really attempting to create really serious important really significant results in your work so i mean what was the response to your questioning some of the sort of well, okay how we're approaching or i mean power in if you like because suddenly you're sort of pointing the direction towards the person rather than the object the subject rather than the object right um in a way and i wondered what kind of reaction did you get to that because that's in a way you it's sort of like encouraging people to sort of stop for a moment and kind of reflect backwards to to the subject so how did that go down actually i mean how what
2: yeah that's a good question so the majority of people with whom i talk about this are relieved to be um invited i suppose yeah relieved to be invited to to look at things a different way um if if they're not or you know for for some people it it, i was about to say if they're not already doing so some people are already doing this Mm, um And so I'm merely naming um, and describing and reporting on um, some very deep efforts that are underway in all sorts of um, corners of activist life. Mm. Um, some organisations call it regenerative culture, for example. You know, there are, there are lots of ways of thinking about how we... Um, how we engage our inner lives and and our deep selves and and the effect that the world has had on our inner lives and how that then connects back around to the work um for for people who are doing campaigning you know political social campaigning work who have not thought about it in, in inner life terms i think some go oh yeah right that really helps me with something that you know and then there's an example of something that's bothersome in their environment some thing that's going on um and it's appreciated and some this isn't scientific by the way um I think when the when the book comes out you know I'll be getting into more conversations about it so this is this is very much anecdotal at the moment and based on the people I've spoken with um I think some when they're in the thick of the work in the thick of the um policy work and particularly it's more ngo people here i think um they're still a bit well i don't know what to do with this Mm, i need i need to be i need to be able to do something with this you know busy senior people in ngos who are like back-to-back meetings and there's a funder crisis going on and a massive deadline on this and there's a legal threat here to the work and you know there's there's stuff going on it's fast mm. and it's busy and you're firefighting all the time mm. and you need everything sort of boiled down to here's a, here's the thing that needs doing
1: right
2: it's hard to boil this down to a thing that i mean yes i do have some short things to say so we can come to that some short points about well what what do you do when you acknowledge entanglement what does it look like to start in a different place with a different right. disposition towards right. the task um but still it there, there's a gap it, it can feel i think that there's a gap mm-hmm. but that's i think that's 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 how it is really um, i think when when people have got um, questions about what they're doing then they're really open to these conversations mm. just just as I was I mean I, I feel like I've probably written the book that I wanted to read ten years ago right um, I've sense. heard other authors say yeah. this yeah. that you know you, you, you end up doing the thing that you need <laughs> I, I think I needed to understand mm.
1: Mm.
2: why this was an issue and, and I found it even when I was first starting I found it quite hard to articulate and explain to people who are in different worlds entirely what it was I was doing. I mean, it, it, it's always been hard enough to explain to some people, you know, including family members and friends, what my work consists of and why it matters, mm-hmm. you know, to people who perhaps are, you know, very in purely commercial worlds, for example.
0: or just doing about something. your activism work. You?
2: Yes, that's right. Yeah. So even, even the basic trying to, you know, do the campaigning and get the rules changed. Right. Is sometimes hard for people to comprehend and and if you then come along and say oh right well now i'm questioning my activism i mean there's there's the danger really in in that situation of almost a sort of bypass um because it sounds like you know they are always a bit uncomfortable with what i was doing because mm. um, i was making them feel a bit awkward mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. deliberately i kind of grew up doing that a decade or so ago making people feel bad for what they do um but just sort of implicitly, just by the mere existence of what I was doing, I was mm. trying to sort of take apart and reform systems that they might be working in, for example. Um, and now I'm saying, oh well, I've got questions about what I'm doing. You know, it can it can feel like a sort of get out of jail card. Um, mm. it's Like, hmm. oh right, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe the activism was no good anyway. So, you know, so it's 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 tricky in those situations. Yeah. I Sorry, say- I'm off your question there, though. That wasn't.
0: <laughs> that yeah, was that's audition. great. That's great. That's really. Um... Um, so, I've uh, got a lot of things I want to ask you here. Um, so, it, one, okay, so I just want to explore a few, uh, a few aspects of this entanglement. Um, <clears throat> so, one of the things that I think you've touched on is this way we have been educated to objectify the world. I, I, I think that's um, something that obviously has quite a lot of impact on the way we approach activism and also just how we approach everything, in fact. Um, there's a, so um, could you say more about the impact of these kind of like deeper, let's say, um, uh, ways we Experience the world or look at things. You know, for example, this kind of objectification of everything, um, which is such a big part of the way we've been educated. Um, what's the impact of that in terms of what, act, how activism often, you know, gets looked at, and how, on the other hand, it, it could be looked at in a different way.
2: Yeah. So um, at the heart of the scientific revolution. And the enlightenment and the thinking which has proceeded from them is is the idea of objective thinking, um, which requires a thinking subject. That's Descartes. That's I think. Therefore, I am. And so the thinking subject, Okay, that's me. Um, And then I can know and understand things about an object which effectively is everything and everyone else. Mm. Mm. Um, so first of all, it's isolating. Um, it has that effect of kind of separating us off as an individual. This is at the heart of individualism. Um, so it makes us sort of in our lonely little castle and turns everyone else into the object um, now, that's not explicit, of course, um, but it underpins how we relate to other people. Um, and then on the back of that thinking was developed an economic system, extractive capitalism, which, which has the same premise. Mm. Um, and this is happening at the same time as expeditions of colonial plunder and colonialism and enslavement all of which are based on the idea that other people, other lands, other places are there to be extracted from. Um, and that's, that's a sort of, it's a sort of indivisible knot of thinking. Mm. Um, and I learned this from reading Decolonial Thinking I needed to see outside, see from outside the dominant system that I'm in, in order to really see that.
0: Um, and how do you see that getting that, reflected in the in the in activism, the way activism is approached, for example?
2: Right. And so and so I see that as the people who are trying to help, which is the people with privilege who are choosing on the basis of feeling injustice and wanting to do something about it? They're choosing to engage um, in solidarity or to try to help. And those two words can mean different things. But they, they want to help or they want to save the person who's in that object mm. position.
1: Mm
2: in their mind again this is this is implicit and not explicit although i mean the way it manifests can look explicit but i i don't think many people doing that work from that position would would say oh that's what i'm doing but that's the effect it has um of seeing other people as object even though and this is the sort of contradiction of it you know you think you're wanting to help because you don't like the idea of People being extracted from and exploited you know you 're doing it for for good reasons right um, and so I think the the sort of savior behavior um, and i 've certainly done work from this stance, um, I think it's very hard to disentangle it from the subject object ways of relating that are at the heart of mm-hmm. the modern imaginary.
1: Mm-hmm
2: and And then there's you know there's, there's interesting ways of looking at this from from psychoanalytic thinking. Um, so I was reading Jessica Benjamin, who's a relational psychoanalyst, and her work is all about um, doer and done- to dynamics, right. and the inevitability. Um, Particularly in a culture which encourages that way of thinking of relating to other people as if they are the object and we are the subject mm-hmm. and the very difficult ongoing work to become truly human, to be able to relate to everyone else or to anyone else um, in the moment in a truly interdependent way as, as a meeting of two subjects.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that is, that is countercultural because right. of the way that our perception has been shaped mm. i think
1: mm.
2: by these kind of underlying ways mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that the dominant culture works mm. and so that's 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 how deep the entanglement goes it's yeah, so i was sk- going to
0: say that's a, that's actually very pro- i mean it's very profound what you're talking about right a, right it, what what do you think a, a a a wiser form of activism would look like
2: well i think it's got a few um aspects that we could name Um, one of them is recognizing ourselves and our position um, and knowing ourselves and where we're coming from a bit better and being open to acknowledging that as we're going along to acknowledging our entanglement as we've been discussing that can change both the sort of long-range approach and the next conversation that we have. Um, I think another is, and I heard this from Satish Kumar, um, who's been doing activism for many, many, many decades. Yes. Um, And he he said, it's a practice, not a destination. Mm. Um, It's very easy when... In order to do your work, you need to set some goals in order for it not to be woolly and diffuse and, you know, hard to manage. You need to set a goal. But in setting a goal, it's very easy to mistake the goal um, for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can very easily lead to burnout. Very often we don't reach those goals. The forces arrayed against us are too strong, but that doesn't mean we should drop it. Um, Rebecca Solnit writes beautifully about how we don't know what the knock-on impact of all the things that we're doing is in ways that we can't even measure. Um, it's worth yes, doing well, I guess it, practice.
0: It, it leads to burnout and also it, 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 it's going to affect the results also of, how we, of what we're actually trying to do. Right. So on one hand it's affecting us but it's also affecting what we're trying to do as well. I mean, does that does what Satish Kumar said about it being a practice, does that speak to you? I mean,
2: oh, very, very much so, because I used to get, you know, I'm you can probably hear it in my voice. I can be quite driven. Um, I can get very sort of results oriented. I can give myself a hard time. Mm. I have experienced burnout. I had a scorching case of chronic fatigue in my mid 20s when I was working as a journalist. Right. I know what it feels like to burn out. I know that feeling of having reached empty and I've come close to it in my campaigning. Mm. Um, And one of the things I've realized is that I was putting too much of myself in it. I was making it too, there's a a sort of egoism about that, the goalness of it, because then you're attached to the goal. It's all about you achieving the goal and you can say, I did this um and that exists alongside you know the the rightness of the goal being achieved there's both a sort of an a, an in intrinsic motivation ie it is good per se for this goal to be achieved but there's a there's a there's an extrinsic one we're all encouraged social media has made it way worse to look at ourselves from the outside and say well what can i say about myself what does my cv look like what can i claim about myself hmm. i'm the person who did this that and the other right. um ironically I find myself saying i achieved this that and the other as a campaigner in order to have myself taken seriously as somebody with the um right to speak about activism you right. know we, we, i find myself doing it um and yet um in all of that kind of goalness we're making it a bit too much about ourselves and the the feeling i set i get if i'm likely holding the goal of course i identify a goal there are things i'm working on at the moment in community activism here um for sure we've got a goal there's something we need to do but we're just i've only got a limited amount of time and energy um on top of everything else going on and small kids and so i'm doing what i can when i can and and that practiceness feels much more sustainable um rather than this oh my goodness if, if we don't get this but then we have to be really careful saying this because the work i'm doing at the moment and the work i was doing for ultimately wasn't for i was about to say it wasn't for the conditions of my own life i suppose it was in an indirect sense um work that i'm doing on climate justice might be um but I'm not fighting for the immediate conditions of my own life. I I want to be wary of who I'm speaking for in saying that. What I hear from people who are in more obvious ways fighting for their own lives is that they also have to, to pace themselves because they really are in it for the long haul. I suppose what I just want to be careful about is being the person who's choosing to do activism and who could walk away um saying oh well you can only do a certain amount a day you know there's there's a real there's a real nuance and balance to some of this yes. um, so yeah that that practice not a destination has made a real difference to my approach to my own work for mm. sure and then the and then the, there was one other thing um i wanted to mention which is um and it's related to what we've been talking about as a, but as a practice of wise activism is is not starting with ourselves. And again, this sounds uh, contradictory because I just said, well, we have to look at ourselves. We have to look at our own inner lives. We have to acknowledge our own entanglements. But I suppose. In a funny way, we have to look at ourselves and do a bit of acknowledging and work and awareness both immediately and on a sort of ongoing life practice way, in order to then be able to put ourselves a bit more to one side and say, what is the issue here? How can I be of service?
1: Mm.
2: Rather than having to do that. What's my thing gonna be? I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. Mm. Here's the goal. Mm. Um, I'm gonna save this situation. Mm. I think um, embarking on campaigning work in, solidarity is ultimately going to be more effective if we're able to not do that narcissistic thing of I'm doing this and I'm doing that.
0: Yes, and perhaps um, uh, there is also, the, I'm thinking about the sort of intersubjective nature of the, of, of this as well, that we um we start to, in a way, perhaps seeing things in in, in broader, in a broader way. where we're not so our focus becomes a lot less narrow, perhaps. You know, in the sense that um, uh, we see that. I mean, I think in many ways, uh, I think you spoke earlier about a, a kind of ecology of of what is taking place in response to some of these sort of endemic issues to do with our civilization, if you like. Uh, yes. And that is being approached in, in sort of in a multiple ways. And then I, I, I could see how also when when we're kind of not so much ourselves in the in the midst of it, then we, we can start to be aware of actually how much is actually going on and how connected we are to yes. many of the to this ecology that is starting to question um, some of the sort of fundamentals about uh, civilization and how it functions and how we've been taught to think um, that um, connects us to a, a, a you know, to a lot of different approaches as well. You know, it's not just one way of doing this.
2: That's right. There's I, I'm finding in the process of learning about these approaches and finding my own way to describe them um, there are so many ways to think about this um, every wisdom tradition and spiritual tradition has ways of thinking about them um, because this is you know we're ultimately talking about the dilemmas of being human here and and in and in all of these sort of points about you know what might wise activism be i'm making a motion here with my fingers either side of my head because i'm i feel that all of them are really about having slightly more porous boundaries of our self Mm. and that we're not doing this i'm now making a sort of narrow tunnel motion in front of my face We're, we're, we're not doing this sort of very very focused thinking um that precludes so much, that yeah. somehow if we can broaden our awareness and our peripheral vision mm. um, and make it a bit less about us, the kind of um, intersubjective relating and, and openness to other in the very broadest sense of the word other. Mm. And, and I mean everything and everyone who is not us, human mm. and non-human. Mm. Mm. Um, that's actually one of the deepest changes we can make mm. because arguably many of the problems that we're facing come from a worldview that has separated us off from everyone right. and everything else human yeah. and non-human exactly. yes. yes. you know which is why this is such radical work
0: exactly exactly really, really excellent Thank you very much, Anthea.
2: All right. I really really enjoy discussing this with you. Me Um, too. (laughs) I like the questions you ask. And yeah, I like how you think about it. And it's a real pleasure.